You are listening to Level Up with Yash, powered by Mystery Projects. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Level Up with Yash. I am, of course, your host, Yash Mystery. Um, now, today's episode is slightly different from the ones you've heard so far from me. It's, it's not about any specific topic, but it's all about exploring a journey. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm fascinated by journeys. Anytime I come across anybody who's doing uh, something extraordinary with their life, I can't help but wonder what their life experiences, what life experiences led them to to make the decisions they made and what decisions led them to where they are today. There are always some beautiful and important life lessons in these journeys. And um, I came across one of these uh, awesome journeys on Instagram. Uh, I came across Caitlin Cornwell's uh, profile on Instagram uh, and, and just I was just blown away by how beautiful, calm and clear it was. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Caitlin Cornwell to the podcast. Hey. Hi. Wow. That was quite the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely one of my first impressions of you. It's like the, the color that I saw on your Instagram feed, that was like my first impression of uh, uh, how how beautiful it was. Yeah, you are so kind. And I love that you're receiving that as a viewer of my Instagram. Um, maybe I should give a little bit of context for folks who don't know my Instagram. Right. Um, so I grew up in North Carolina. I spent, you know, the majority of my life moving around cities in North Carolina and always felt a little bit antsy. Uh-huh. Um like there was just a dimension missing from my life. I love North Carolina. I'm very, you know, proud of parts of that state. Um, but I was hungry for more and found myself in a conversation with an old family friend. This is someone who I had, you know, been in the same circle as for most of my life. It's the uh, cousin to my best friend since middle school. Mm-hmm. And he was like, have you ever considered teaching abroad? I'm a teacher. That's my, right. my passion. That's my, um, my, the thing that drives my life. Right. And like, well, you know, I've always wanted to, but it seems so hard to tap into that life. You know, you either have to pay to get certified or you like get placed in some uncertain circumstances. And, you know, I was 35. I, I had a certain way that I liked to live. I didn't, I wasn't ready to backpack around Asia. Um, <laughs> at that point, although I've, I feel like I've done a little bit of that since. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll go anywhere. And within 24 hours, I was interviewing with a school in Morocco, a school in Panama, a school in India. And ultimately the school in India caught my heart. I fell in love with this school. And a few months later, I was no longer living in Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> I was living in Delhi in India. And, um, and when that's was where this? I am. How long ago was that? That was uh, July of 2018, so okay. almost two years ago. Still, yeah, it's still pretty fresh, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, have you had you ever visited India before, or was it your was it just a a, a blind date kind of situation? Yeah, yeah. So I had been wanting to come to India, but could never decide where. You know, India is so expansive. Right. So do I go to Delhi? Do I go see the Taj Mahal? Do I go to the south and go to Mumbai? Do I go to the mountains? It's, right. It was so, or Goa, you know, like there's so many worlds in this one country that I couldn't decide. Yeah. And you so six months to, to visit the whole, whole country, like if you want to experience everything. 
absolutely, absolutely. And it was almost like the opportunities in India debilitated me from being able to take my entire summer break and just explore. But now I joked, you know, I just went ahead and packed up all my life and moved here. And now I'm able to explore. And the country is just far more beautiful and intricate and difficult than I ever could have expected. Um, but I, I love this place and I'm fascinated by it. If you can jump a little bit more in detail on that, what were, what were your first impressions? Like when you first, let's say your first couple of months there, uh, was, sure. it, was, it, was it anything like you expected or was it different? How was, how was your experience? I feel lucky in that I had very few expectations. Um, I knew that my work was going to really dictate my life. And so mm -hmm. I was focused on that piece of making sure that I was good enough for the school. And, um, and so that, and the school really transitioned me. They found my apartment. They picked me up from the airport. They gave me a little burner phone and a wad of cash. I mean, it was unreal. I, as a teacher, I never expected to be cared for in such a way. Um, but I remember being at the airport and, you know, I had never been that jet lagged because I'd never traveled this far. Right. So like, I was drunk. I was I was sober, but I was intoxicated. Right. And so arriving and they they put the garland on me and I was just, you know, what looking out the window and and yeah, I, I just I was fascinated. Um the uh, the things that stand out to me are the people who are just lounging, sitting, sleeping, resting on the curb, in the median, yeah. um, people who are, are, you know, buying groceries, the, I'm going to, I'm going to be real here and say the, the auto wallows who stopped on the side of the street <laughs> to go and, and urinate on the, the, the gate, you know, these things that are like, life is different here. And yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Um, and the cows, you know, there are things that uh, I've seen, we both have our pictures of the street cows. Um, <laughs> are just reminders that that life people life is lived differently here right and uh it's it's definitely like you said the jet lag even just landing there is such like i joke with my friends that if you if you keep flying farther down you're coming back to the u.s yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the farthest you can fly without coming back to, to the u.s yeah right? I, I, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you saying that brings up another um, really visceral memory. When I, I was by myself um, having landed here and I needed to get my luggage. And I remember being at the carol, the luggage carol, and I was waiting politely. You know, I had like maybe four feet between me and the edge of the luggage carol. And I was just waiting. And, you know, I felt like as an American, I had staked my claim. This is my section <laughs> of the carol. Um, and this sweet little auntie just came in and like, you know, she wasn't being rude. She thought I was giving space for right. the, and, and, you know, she, she took my space. And so I was like, oh yeah, okay. I'm going to have to shift my expectations <laughs> in the way that I exist here. It just made me chuckle. I, I also noticed that you, you picked up the, the, the language, like you called her auntie, right? People don't, okay. don't call people auntie over here, right? Yeah, like, I for, know. For my non-Indian listeners. Know. That's that, so. If anybody's kind of older than you, uh, your your mom's age, you automatically call them auntie or your uncle, right? That's yes. that's just automatic. <laughs> yeah, and and so I'm, but I'm learning that there are all of these uh, dynamics because I learned baya as a phrase to refer to men who are roughly my age. Right. The, I think it means brother, right? Um, literally, but it becomes kind of a diminutive term 
for me as a white person. So I was, I was, I felt like I was making growth. I was like, oh, wow, look at me. I can use some lingo. I can like, I want to relate to people. I don't want the color of my skin and my privilege to keep me distant from being able to live fully in India. Right. But, but then I, I called a waiter and kind of a like nice coffee shop by a G. Um, <laughs> and, and my friend was like, no, you can't do that. That's like, yeah, so I feel like I'm still learning so much. Right, so there's there's just, uh, yeah, if you go to like a higher scale uh, place, then you can't really, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> so, but I uh, find, go ahead. can I say one thing about that? Because I find that people are very gracious here. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I did that to an American, I, it, and it's hard to parallel, it's hard to parallel the ca- the class or caste system and the, the impacts of that, but if I did that to an American person, they would, they would let me know that I had messed up. And I feel like Indian people are, are, have been in my experience, very kind and generous with the way that they say, maybe you want to use a different term, or actually I'm not from Bihar or I'm, you know, like they, they help educate me. And that has made me feel more comfortable to get out of my comfort zone and try new things and, um, you know, continually try to, to live life to the fullest and a part of that is also like personally for me it's it, I, i've noticed especially gujarati people it's it's really hard to offend us it's not that we are like yeah. thick-skinned or anything like that it's, it just takes a lot more to offend us than 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 it would for anybody else in the world for sure yeah <laughs> that's, that's why we can oh. i feel like that's the only thing that, that, that that's the reason that gujaratis are everywhere in the world and and that's how they can survive because it takes so mm-hmm. much more to offend us than 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 you it would usually Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and VR yeah. everywhere. Like anywhere in the world you go, uh, there be Gujaratis everywhere. I mean, there's Indians, Indians everywhere as well, but even even speci- specifically Gujaratis are just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so come, going back a little bit before we discuss your your move to India. So uh, how was life in life in North Carolina? How uh, how was how was it growing up here? You said you were here till 35. Yeah. Um, I spent all of my life with the exception of one year studying abroad and then a semester, um, in Canada, Mm -hmm. but both of those were English speaking countries that I went to England and I went to Canada. Um, so people joked like, what are you doing packing up your life and and shifting to India? (laughs) Um, but yeah, I had a great, I had a great life. I had really wonderful people. Um, North Carolina can be a challenging place for some people. I'm a queer person and that uh, doesn't bode well um, in all social situations, but I had a fierce crew of people who loved me mm-hmm. and um, and continue to love me, but right. they, they were really my home. Um, so yeah, North Carolina was fine. It was fine, but you know, as I said, it was, it was, it was three quarters of my life fine. There was that one quarter that was like, I'm antsy, I'm hungry, I I can't just go to Charleston for the weekend and that be enough. I want right. to like I want to be unsettled. And that's honestly what made me feel comfortable committing to to move my life to India. It's like I want to be uncomfortable. I want as a white person growing up in North Carolina and a, a person who's tall and kind of masculine looking, but, but still like pretty enough. Um, people didn't really give me a hard time. And, right. and I recognize the privilege in that. And now I, I definitely did not anticipate the elevation of my privilege moving to India. Um, 
it is it is overt. Um, right. But it's been a really incredible learning process to reflect on the privileges that I've had and also the the lack of privilege I've had in certain arenas, but then to shift into a totally different space. Right. Sure. And it's it's really interesting that I've noticed uh, not not uh, that I didn't think that there were any anybody from around the world living in India. I mean, I, I so I grew up in a in a fairly modern modern town in India. It's called Vidyanagar in Gujarat. Uh, it's an education town, like it's full of universities and schools and colleges. But I didn't realize how many people from around the world live in India until until the I, I came across people on internet, right? Like it just just there's so many people who are who are because I I only imagine people from India coming to the U.S. and living here because that's all I knew. Uh, but it's yeah. really there's 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 quite a bit of community um, of of people from around well, the world living in India. Mm -hmm. I teach at the American Embassy School, and so I feel like I am inculcated in this international life, the expat life. Um, and so that's why in my personal life, it's been really important to me to also have some experiences of, of living in India. You know, right. it would be kind of easy to be in, in this expat bubble. Um, but it's been really nice to kind of expand. My partner is Indian and she's been so kind um, with, with being a cultural translator in a lot of ways, right. but also helping me live life. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just like get beyond my comfort zone or my school housing or my, my work friends. Right. Um, my community has grown. So uh, let's talk about about language barrier a little bit. So I mean, you you have definitely picked up some words, but uh, you said two the years. English terms, yeah. Right. So they're English terms that um, uh, that I find get me into trouble more than get me into get like ease a situation. I have tried to learn Hindi. I've been trying to learn. I am learning Hindi. I'll, I'll say that I am learning Hindi. I am still like preschooler language level in Hindi because the language is so different than English. Um, I am fascinated. I want to compliment every bilingual person in India because the ability to learn a language here and also know some English is just beyond me. Um, my pronunciation is horrible. There are sounds that I have never heard before. I can't hear the difference between the, the word 14 the word for small and an inappropriate slur for female anatomy. I, I can't hear the difference. I ask my girlfriend to tell me the three words back to back and I can't hear the difference. Um, but you know, I'm getting to the point where I know that I know that. So I can like have a conversation with a Hindi speaking person about how silly it is that I can't speak Hindi. Um, but I've gotten myself, you'll laugh at this. Maybe I I've Hanji is part of my, vocabulary right. now so you know i'll be speaking to someone and um and i'll say hanji which means yes sir right. or yes ma'am and uh and someone responds to me in hindi just like like fluent hindi all i said was yes sir or yes ma'am and they <laughs> answer me back in hindi and i'm like oh no 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 no! i don't know anything i'm sorry i don't know anything and so now it's kind of getting me into trouble the little bit of language that i know and all of it all the rest other than hanji is um uh, <laughs> is food it's how to order a coffee that I want. It's how to, it's like, what is this vegetable? Um, it's been fun. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really interesting because when, when Indians move from India to here, the first thing they pick up is saying, yeah, 
right? So yeah. instead of saying yeah. huh, they would they would pick up yeah. And so it's, even right. my, my grandparents, they're they're in their like, I think they were they're pretty young enough. They're like in their fifties, sixties when they moved here. But even then, they picked up yeah like that. Like when they would visit us in India, they would keep saying yeah instead of huh. So it's like that was <laughs> that was really interesting. Like so you picked up Hanji, and we pick up yeah, yeah. over here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it's those little things, right? Like to keep a person talking. Um, and for me, it's a, a little, it's a little thing that I can do to try to stay connected. Now, I think the connection is like 90% from my side, right? Like it's helping me feel better about being a white person living in India. But, um, but it's funny because, because I've had people going back to the language thing and being, uh, trying to pick up some language. I have, for better or worse, people can judge me if they want, I have picked up a little bit of the Indian head bobble. And it's ju- I, just, I didn't mean to. I didn't study it. I didn't know it was a thing before I moved here. It's just that I'm kind of a sim- sympathetic uh, communicator. So when I watch people and they're talking and they're, they're doing this lovely head bobble that does, in fact, <laughs> everything. It communicates everything and nothing at the same time. Right. Um, but I had a colleague who is Indian and she said, she said, Caitlin, come here, come here. Now I have a question for you. The, the head, and she did the head bobble. She said, did you do this before you moved here? And I said, no, no, I didn't. And, and she was like, but you do it so well. And I'm going to be honest, Josh, that was the greatest compliment I've probably received in the last two years. The fact that she, she, acknowledged it. I mean, it's weird. I I have some weird things about like wanting to be culturally fluent or comfortable to other people. Um, and part of that's that I stick out like a sore thumb. So (laughs) it's, it's actually really kind of for, for, uh, me personally, looking the the merger of cultures, it's always beautiful because I, I mean I I always struggle with the the appropriation like in, the cultural appropriation term. For me, it's it's never I I never take it as like when when people put put a bindi on 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 their head. I don't take it as as anything offensive. I feel like I I personally don't have a problem with it. Uh, I see a lot of Instagram posts where people um, take it. I don't know how how they find a, a, a different angle to it. To me, it's beautiful, um, but yeah. yeah. But I think that there's also, and I've thought a lot about that because I've definitely worn saris. I've definitely, most of my clothes now are kurtas, um, right. and I, which are like long tops. Right. Um, I, I've thought about how that probably looks to my friends back in America or family members back in America. And it, I can see where people would judge me as, as appropriating a culture. For me, it's a celebration of the culture. I understand the history. I under, I respect the people who are wearing kurtas. I wear a kurta in, in honor or, or like awe of the history and the, the culture here. And I found that Indian folks that who I've come into contact with are, they greet me with joy. Right. Like, they greet me with, oh my gosh, that kurta, where did you get that? That is beautiful. Like, and they they treat it like it's a celebration. So it hasn't felt like appropriation here, but I totally understand where people outside of this context could could read it that way. And I also noticed that that the people who have issues with it are are Americans who were born here or who grew up here. So anybody who is 
from India like me, I wouldn't have an issue with it. But I'm not saying that the people who grew up here are not Indian. I'm not trying to say that. But it's still, I feel like that's like a like like that's one one more cultural difference. That if if you grew up in India, I feel like you would welcome that more than more than if if you were if you're born here and if you grew up here. Well, and I wonder if that's that's about connection, right? right. To be an Indian person born and raised in America, I would imagine there's a by or the duality to your identity, and so to have these things that are beautifully Indian mm -hmm. and they're being co-opted from that person's perspective by white people. I can see where people might get a little, they might treasure it. They want mm -hmm. it to, to stay with Indian folks. And I would, I always hope that someone will come to me and have that conversation mm -hmm. and be honest with me and, and share their perspective so that we can learn from each other. Because I would, the last thing I want to do is ever offend someone mm -hmm. when I feel like I'm trying to celebrate and, and also live my life. I wear men's kurtas and that's, I've had conversations with many of the female colleagues that I have um, because they, they want to like, let me know, like, you know, that's a men's kurta, right? <laughs> and and I, we have conversations about gender and stuff, but, um, and I tell them I wear men's clothes in America all the time, so. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that people continue to do that and and be patient and and trust me enough to have the potentially uncomfortable conversation so right. that I can keep learning. Uh, I also saw I, I, there was a post. Uh, I think it was one of the, your colleagues, one of your Indian colleagues, and you had a matching vest with him one day, just accidentally, right? That was oh, that was really interesting too. That's actually Oh yeah, he. That's actually my um, American director, the director of the school this year. Okay. He is this lovely man. He also, I think, really loves India and celebrates it. But we were wearing Nehru jackets, which right. <laughs> yeah, are are like regular old vests, but they are traditionally worn by men. Um, I love them stylistically, and so he said to me one day, "We have matching vests," and he was like, "Oh my gosh, I have a vest that looks like that. Can we be twins one day?" And I told him it would be my greatest honor. Um, so we wore bow ties and our matching native jackets. Yeah, it was great. It was a magical day. That was great. <laughs> so speaking of clothes and, and and buying Indian clothes, have you learned to haggle yet? How, how comfortable oh are you? <laughs> So I, the first time I went out shopping um, was to Dilly Hut, which is mm -hmm. kind of like a artisan stall market here in Delhi. Um, although it's kind of an expat market anyway. It's, I love it. Um, and this person, I went in and I was loving on a scarf. Now you would laugh at me. I probably paid 20 or 30 bucks for this scarf, which is probably worth four or five dollars. Right. I now know that having lived here for two years, but, and I could see it in his eye. I could see that he knew he was pulling one over on me, but I didn't want to be rude as an American, like, and as at, for artists, especially the last thing I want to do is say, no, your, your livelihood, this thing that you created isn't good enough. So I'm only going to give you 200 rupees. <laughs> But now I've learned the back and forth and actually I love, that's my favorite thing is to go out to a market and it's a conversation and, and, and I wanted, this is funny, going back to the language thing. The first phrase that I wanted to learn, which I never learned was, I know you're pulling one over on me or I know you're ripping me off, but I'm going to pay you anyway. Because I also think that I've got wealth. I have money. Like, let me let me share my wealth. And I just want you to know that right. I know you're charging me 
200 um, percent so yeah I've, I've learned to haggle it took a long time i'm a people pleaser i don't like conflict so i was very uncomfortable with it for a long time um i would go shopping with a friend and we would play good cop bad cop for each other you know she'd be like oh i want this rug and i'd be like and i was like how much is he asking for it He's like two thousand rupees and i'm like oh two no two thousand no only one thousand and so we would go back and forth so that neither of us actually had to make that difficult, like, I'm going to look you in the eye and say your stuff isn't worth what you're asking. Um, but now I just know, I basically take whatever price. This sounds horrible, Yash. You're making no. me sound like a horrible person. But that's the, I mean, that's the reality. It's not, it's not that, that you are making a wrong decision. It's that they've already marked up quite a bit because they, they expect the haggling. 200%. Yeah. 200% is what I think. So I always go, I go less than 50% of what they're asking. Right. And then we will, we will go back and forth. We will play this funny dance going back and forth so that he gets, or she gets probably 65% of still over 100%. That was right. bad math, but still over a hundred percent. Um, and they know that they've gotten, a good, they've gotten a, a good amount. And I know that I've still gotten a good deal. I still do the thing where I translate rupees into dollars. And I'm like, right. Oh my gosh, I would pay twice this at world market world market. Unsurprisingly was one of my favorite stores problematic or not. It was one of my favorite stores. And now I go shopping and I'm like, Oh, this is, I see things with world market stickers on them that say made in India. I'm like this is <laughs> my world is a very strange place. But it's it's really interesting. Like even I am not really that good at haggling. So I, I grew up in India, and but when I when I go shopping with my mom, it's it's a completely different experience because because she will bring the price down. And and uh, when we leave the store, it's like how did we end up paying so <laughs> less from what the the tag was? Uh, and and yeah. she still does that. Like we've been here ten years, and when and whenever we go back to India, the the switch just goes off, and she's back into the haggling mode. Yes. <laughs> even with yeah. with the with the 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 stubziwala, right? You're, you're, yes. Yeah. The, so even with them, you can haggle. Like even groceries are not like you. You just don't pay for what they're asking for. Yeah. Because they've yep. already marked yeah, that and up. Yeah. Like the yeah, auto wallas. Like everybody yeah. is. It's negotiable. And also, so the autos, which are these um, auto rickshaws, I right. love them, green and yellow in Delhi. <laughs> um, they they will say their meter's not working. <laughs> It's a law in Delhi, I believe. I, don't quote me on that, but I believe it that it's a, a legal requirement that they have a meter that works, but they never, I've never been in an auto where it worked on its own. Now, if I say I'm not, you know, turn the meter on and then I w start to walk away, they'll be like, okay, 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 come on, I'll, I'll, I'll turn my meter on. Right. Um, but it's, it's funny, the negotiations that, that are a part of the daily life, well, before pandemic daily life. <laughs> Yeah, even the, if the meter is on, you'd never know if it's 100% accurate. Yeah, you like watch the numbers kind of go up and down and back down and up and up and up and up. Yeah. There's a yeah. movie uh, called 99. So it's 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 a metaphor from cricket. So this this hero is trying to, trying to hit a century in his in his life. So he goes out from Mumbai to Delhi to to, to do this business, quote unquote, transaction. He's like, he, he works with the mob. He goes to Delhi to kind of uh, extort money from this film star. So he's uh, in a, in a cab and he's from Mumbai. So he's like, all right, uh, it's just probably like a like a cab from Mumbai. But the, then he notices that he's seen the same circle like three times in a row now. Uh, oh, so, oh, no. so the meter's going on and he's just making the the cab driver's just making circles. 
Yep. That's hilarious. Yeah. I've, I had to learn the directions from my work to my home so that I could tell people the shortest route. Right. Cause there were a couple of times where it took like 10 minutes longer to get home the, the same path. So I, I learned the directions so I could direct people. Do you drive now or uh, are you? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. I don't know that I'll ever drive. One of my friends said, you know, get a bike. You should get a bike. I love right. cycling, but there is no way I want to be on the road. Roads are, the lines on the roads are not even suggestions. They're right. not even like, hey, you should be. It's really just, is there pavement? Do you think <laughs> you have space? You should try it. Right. Um, it. It's easy that there will be four cars wide with some, um, motorbikes weaving through <laughs> and then some cyclists with a few people on the back of their bike. I mean, it's, it is amazing. And at first I thought it was beautiful. I was like, right. look at this country, look at how people, they're not worried about who's in line first or who's in line <laughs> second or get behind me. They're like, Hey, look, there's road. Let's all use the road. We're all going to the same place. And then after the third time I sat in traffic for over an hour, I was like, oh, this is no longer lovely to me. I can't, I can't find a beautiful um, parallel for this. <laughs> and I feel like that's, I mean, it's definitely a bigger problem in, in Delhi or Mumbai uh, with the traffic. Uh, but where I grew up, it was it was a big, bigger like kind of city, but not as big as Mumbai or, or Delhi. Mm -hmm. So we still, we never had traffic jams, but it's like, it's always, like you said, with the bobblehead, there's like a like an unspoken language right with the traffic it's the yeah. same thing it's, it's it's it all goes on eye contact so you make mm -hmm. eye contact with somebody and then they know you're going first and they will stop and then yeah or you don't in in delhi you don't make eye contact you just pull out and then if they honk you know you're kind of in trouble i right. found that people seem to avoid eye contact but but i like that i'm gonna pay more attention to eye contact right. <laughs> And it might, it might be different in Delhi's, but this is this is in Vidyanagar. So it's like you would just uh, just look at the person and, and you'll know who is going first. Uh, but yeah, that was that was interesting. Even here, like people, I, I drive and and if there's a non-Indian person sitting next to me, they'd be like, "Man, do you, like you're driving so recklessly?" It's like, "No, no, no. This is I know what I'm doing. I grew up." Yeah. So I learned how to drive like when I was like I think fourteen, fifteen. My dad, uh, I asked him to teach me to drive. And the way he taught me, he took me to a field, uh, an open field, and he just gave me the keys and stepped out of the car. He's like, I'm not sitting next to you. Uh, <laughs> figure it out. And then from there, it's like just taking the car out on the streets and just figuring it out. And like that's how I learned to, to drive, right? Um, so it, I feel like that's a better way to teach. I, I know it sounds horrible, but for me, it was a great way to learn just because that way you, there's not a lot of uh, you can't do this or you can't do that. Like you figure out your way. And that, yes. like, that applies to life in, in a way. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go super no. deep into that, but yeah. <laughs> no, I think that the, I, while you were saying that, it made me think of, I think that human ingenuity is next level in India. And at the same time, personal accountability is next level here right. in India. You will easily be walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden there is a giant hole. Maybe there's a person <laughs> down there doing some work maybe there's not yeah. but there is no orange tape there is no <laughs> orange cone there are no barriers there's not a giant sign that says hey you should probably cross the sidewalk now um or cross the street now uh they expect that you're paying attention right. and that you're not going to be a dummy and fall in a hole <laughs> <laughs> that's so true though yeah it's like and, and i i realized how many easy ways to to make a 
make a lawsuit are, are here then then they're, they're in the, I would never imagine it was like well here if you slip in a in a in a restaurant or in a, any public facility you can easily sue the person and yeah nobody's yeah. gonna care you slipped it was your fault yeah yeah uh my friend my best friend and I had this joke uh we call it an OSHA nightmare Mm-hmm. Like we'll be out at a concert, like a, you know, rockin' big concert, outdoor concert with the huge, what are they called? The um, metal frame that right. all the lights, the heavy hot lights are hanging mm-hmm. off of. And there's just a person, maybe he's wearing flip flops, maybe he's not wearing <laughs> shoes, maybe he's wearing like laced up sneakers and he's climbing up that uh, structure over to go fix the light. No, no safety equipment, nothing. And like, we just had to kind of brace ourselves and just say like, we are in a different place. Our American (laughs) ideals or uh, expectations of of safety don't apply here. This is, this place is not governed by American ideals. And, and that's part of why I find it so fascinating and beautiful. (laughs) It is. And it's just like, there's also not a lot of restriction. I feel like, so I I, I don't feel, I don't think that there's, there's, um, there's a, there's a, What's the word? I'm trying to figure out. Um, here, it is n- it is not as you have to think twice about doing anything in India. If if you mess up, that's fine. Like if even in school, like we were we used to bunk school all the time. Like there was no there was no issue with it. Here, there's there's mm-hmm. legal problems with that. Um, so yeah. it's like that was that was really in- interesting in figuring out. Even uh, I'm pretty it's prob- probably different uh, for your school, but I'm I'm not sure how 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 that is. Um, structured yeah. there but yeah it's it's really i feel like it, when i was growing up we had so much more freedom to just just jump out and and do whatever like my parents didn't really know where i was until like five in the evening like that's where i came home and until then it's like if i if i ran off somewhere nobody would really know uh mm-hmm. but here i mean the kids can't can't even go out and play uh that easily i mean there's also traffic the, the cars are a lot faster here and stuff like that that's that's also i mean it's it's definitely justifiable here uh but in india because there's so much traffic it's also super slow <laughs> yep yep yeah there might be a hundred cars where in america there would be five cars but everybody's moving more slowly which is exactly nice. and there's no interstates in india i mean there are but not yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I went to Chhattisgarh for Diwali last year uh-huh. and there were um there was an interstate what I would consider a highway in North Carolina and um there were cows walking down one of the <laughs> lanes of the highway and I was like this would not happen in America you know like yeah the dogs crossing the the, the highways uh, I've seen that so there's an expressway from from Ahmedabad to Baroda to Varudra right so like the, mm. i've seen i've seen cows i've seen i've seen dogs there uh, easily just crossing the street i yeah. run I, so over here i run under the green uh, on a greenway that goes under under 85 and even going under it i'm a little scared it's like i don't know what's uh, going to happen like if, if it just breaks down or something like that it's like it's there's so many cars on it going so fast um yeah, yeah that's and and one more thing i want to talk about is, is food um uh, how's your experience I'll with, talk, with food I'll so talk far? food with you all day long yeah i've got my bowl of bindi and palak paneer um yeah i have yeah loved the food aspect of living in india of course um the one interesting thing that your listeners might not know or that was fascinating for me to learn a little bit about was this idea of home food mm-hmm and restaurant food and how I've found that a lot of Indian folks 
um, like if I get sick or I have like a stomach upset, people are like, oh, did you eat out? <laughs> did you eat out at the restaurant? Well, that's why. That's why your stomach is hurt. And there's such a trust in my own home kitchen mm -hmm. and such a distrust, it seems, um, amongst the restaurants or, or eating out. Mm -hmm. um, and what I had had in Indian restaurants in North Carolina or in my life before moving here was mostly restaurant food. So the, you know, butter chicken and um, sag paneer or, or palak paneer, the naan. Right. Okay, I have a, an important announcement for everyone. Paratha is way better than naan. Oh, you yeah. think naan is the best uh, baked good or like a bready thing in Indian food? It's not. If you like ask for paratha, that it's, it's like you mix a croissant and non, uh, it's just, it's heaven. So yes, I love Indian food. <laughs> I have, would talk have about you been it. To the, I've never been to Delhi, so, but, but I've heard a lot of, lot of good things about the, the Paratha Wali Gali. You, you have an open invitation now, okay? Awesome, yeah. Uh, there's the Paratha Wali Gali in, in, um, in Chandni Chak or some, somewhere, right? So there's, there's a whole market of just Paratas, the, the Paratha yes. shops. I, was like, that's, I have not been there. That's the place I want to go, which is like, that's, that's my, my heaven. Like there's just yes. food. If there's there's a market full of food, I'm going there. Um, yes. And and it's it's I feel like it's really also the home cooked food. Uh, there's people people here think that the Indian food that you find uh, in restaurants that's Indian food, uh, and I feel like that's not really completely true. Like uh, yes, it's it's novelty food that even like but but Indians don't eat that every day either. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like the home cooked food is much 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 simpler. It's 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 flavorful, but it's not so spicy that you would you would smell it and like i mean you would still smell it but not yeah. not like three yeah. three doors down right right <laughs> but i found that too the the use of spice and mm -hmm. you know i'm a pretty basic person when it comes to cooking for myself but the number of spices and the um making a turka before yeah. you start <laughs> cooking and then you like fry the herbs in oil but then you take the herbs out and you use part of the i mean I'm, I bet chefs are listening, just laughing at me because this is the kind of thing that chefs do all the time. But I have been fascinated by the number of steps. And then you take out part of it and you puree this part, but right. then you put it back in. You've got to roast the tomatoes before you start cooking. You can't roast the tomatoes before you start cooking. You've got to cook the onions. Nope, they've got to be raw onions. It's like the... And everything changes. Everything right. changes the dimension of the food um but i've been fascinated to learn more about that um and looking at how much goes into cooking here definitely and it's all it also changes uh, every few hundred miles like so if you if you go down to gujarat like the food's going to be completely different i don't know if you've ever been to rajasthan but rajasthani food is, is completely yeah. different uh yeah. and it's not really that far like yeah Yep. Like distance-wise, it's not really that far from from each other, like the places. But but the culture changes, the, the clothes change, the food changes. Uh, food is definitely the most important for me, but it's yeah. <laughs> it's just a <laughs> it's just a personal Ditto. preference. Uh, have you ever been to South India yet? Yeah. So um, I've been to well, I guess it can. It's what you consider South India. I've been to Mumbai a few times. Mm. I went to Chennai. Right. Um, I've been to. Oh gosh, that might be it for Southern India. One, one of my like bucket list items is going to Kerala. Um, yes, yeah. everyone says I need to go there. Yeah, they had floods last year, mm. um, but I hear that that they're 
recovering from that. So I had yeah. a lot of classmates. So with Yanagar being an education town that we had a lot of South Indian people living there and, and a lot of them were from, from Kerala. Uh, so I have a lot of friends from there and, and every time like they would bring some food or, or they, they would talk about the greenery there. It's like, I want to go there. I've been, I've been wanting to go there since I was a kid. So it's like, I, I got it. Next time I go to India, Kerala is definitely on the list. Yeah. Um, you saying that makes me, I cannot believe I talked about food without talking about dosas. Oh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought dosas were just those kind of sour paper, thin kind of crusty, um, you know, uh, uh, crepes, I guess Americans would call them. Um, but dosas, coconut rava masala dosa oh. is, it is unbelievable you oh my gosh yeah don't get me started about food but yeah dosas are definitely my favorite category of indian food definitely my, sure. that's my like my, my dad's go-to order whenever we go to any restaurant the first thing he looks at is the dosa menu yes uh now yeah. i know you have to you have another call to to kind of attend but before i let you go um uh, this is uh, this is your, your journey is definitely far from over there's plenty of road to go so what are you what are you most excited about for the for the near future i know it's it's a little bit murky with with the covid situation going on right now but uh, uh just with that or without that what what are you looking forward to the most yeah it's it is tough my answer to you six months ago is totally different than uh what i'm getting ready to say i think living in asia has been insane. I mean, being so close to these countries that I only dreamed about seeing in, at mm -hmm. some point in my life. And now it's a long weekend trip to go to Thailand right. or, you know, I was planning on going to Manila. I was planning on going to, I mean, there were so many places on my, my bucket list exploded. <laughs> um, it became, the, the more I learned, the more places I wanted to go. There are so many places within India that I want to explore. Um, someone referenced, or I heard recently said that India is like, if you took all of Europe and then you just made it one country, all of Europe and the diversity that's in Europe, and you just made it one country, that's the kind of juxtapositions that you see here in India. And so I feel like, you know, just getting around this country. Um, so now I'm, I'm so hungry for travel. I've been, uh, you know, you look forward to that as a teacher with a uh, summer break. And so coming to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be able to travel to North Carolina. I'm not going to be able to travel outside of India and I'm probably not going to be able to travel even within India is a little bit breaking my heart, but, um, I'm, I'm definitely here for another year. Mm -hmm. I love this place. I love this school. My colleagues are insanely talented and, um, I'm just excited about getting back to that normal pattern of life right. where I can plan where I'm going for spring break and, um, you know, Definitely. And that's, that's a similar situation I'm in as well. It's like, I've been here 10 years now. I'm, now I'm, I'm kind of in a place where I can start traveling within the U S like it was for the first 10 years I had to like make life and kind of settle down a little bit. But now that I'm, I'm pretty comfortable now I can explore a little bit more and travel. So, but, but I, right as I was getting to that point, everything shut down. Yep. Yep. So I have a question for you. Cause I asked this question to my, um, my friends here, what U S city are you most excited about exploring? I think this is a personality test, right? I, so, I've been wanting to go to Austin for a long time. Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I was dating someone or starting to date them and they said that they wanted that the one city they wanted to go to in the U S was Las Vegas. And I was like, this is over. I can't date you anymore. We're, we're, we're never going to align if that's the one city in the U S that you want to go to. But yeah. Tom Haverford and Parks and Rec has that. Oh no, no's list. Have you, have you seen that show? Oh. 
Like that's number one. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, look that up. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, uh, this I, I feel like I can I can talk to you forever. I, I know you have a you have another call to to take, but we would definitely do this again. I'd love to talk to you about education and 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 your passion for that. Uh, definitely sometime soon. So, um, thank you, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today. It was definitely a wonderful conversation. Uh, looking forward to to having a lot more of these. Yeah, thank you so much. This is really wonderful. Anytime. Awesome. Well, that was it. Uh, today's episode was Caitlin Cornwall uh, from India, New Delhi in in in, in India uh, from New Delhi, India. Uh, always having a great conversation with with people that I've never met, which is which is kind of interesting. It's like we've never met. Uh, so next time I'm in India or next time you're in North Carolina, we would definitely catch up. But um, yeah, it was a great conversation as usual. We will be back with the next um, uh, interesting guest again next week. So please stay tuned. Thank you. Well, that is it for today's episode of Level Up with Yash. If you'd like to follow along on all the behind-the-scenes action, you can follow me on Instagram at yashyog, Y-A-S-H-Y-O-G. Or if you'd like to follow my design and media production work, you can follow me at Mystery Projects on Instagram, M-I-S-T-R-Y Projects. Or you can visit my portfolio site, which is mysteryprojects.com, M-I-S-T-R-Y Projects.com. Yeah, thank you for listening in again. Have an awesome rest of your day. And you will hear from us again next week with a brand new guest.